0: Good morning, Sun Valley Church, and welcome back to The Voice of the Valley. I'm your host, Jeremy Pinch, and with me this morning, I have Eli Ramsdale. Eli, how you doing? Hey, I'm great, man. How are you? Good. (laughs) Good. Uh, We are going to be continuing our study of Astonished by God by John Piper, and uh, this chapter, chapter four, uh, is about God's sovereignty, God's sovereignty over all things. Yeah. Yeah. and it's it's just a natural natural discussion that has to be had, going from chapter one, the God who is, um, to the glory of God. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's a natural progression into okay, uh, is God sovereign over all things? Right. And I think that can be a mis, misinterpreted word, especially when we think about like the president or the queen. Um, you know, they are the sovereign of the nation. Correct. But They're not completely, totally sovereign. They are dependent upon courts. They are dependent upon uh, Congress. All those different things, and so
1: yeah. um, And the word clearly that we're uh, reading from this chapter that Piper brings up from Isaiah forty six ten clearly declares that it says, "I declare the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things not yet done." He says, so the, uh, you know, we, presidents, Queens don't have the ability to create and to know the end from the beginning. So yeah, I think that's
0: our premise. Yeah. Yeah. And he is, he's, um, not restricted by anything or anyone. Correct. Right. He is, he is the one in in power and he's the one who has authority. Yeah. Um, so as as you discussed, and so Piper uses uses this passage from um, Isaiah, kind of as the as the grounds to begin this chapter. And I'll, I'm just going to read this passage, and then we can we can discuss more in depth the sovereignty of God. So he's he's reading from Isaiah 46 uh, verses 8 through 11, and it says, "Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for." I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. Calling a bird of prey from the east and a man of my counsel from a far country, I have spoken, and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. Oh my word! <laughs>
1: Powerful verses, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Eli, I want you to take a moment. Eli, uh, Eli, <laughs> Piper, Piper, uh, Piper gives a a good definition of of what the sovereignty of God is on page sixty seven in this book. Can you read that for us and just take a minute to? Break it down if you can.
1: Yeah. Uh, the beautiful thing about Piper is he is very succinct with his words. Uh, it says, God has the rightful authority, the freedom, the wisdom, and the power to bring about everything that he intends to happen. And therefore, everything he intends to come about does come about. So, I mean, if, if we say and we that we believe in the sovereignty of God, and we eliminate one of those things from that list of description about who God is and his sovereignty, then we really don't have a true understanding of who God is and his sovereignty. So, I mean, it's awesome to read and to think through this and process, you know, take the time to have a book that makes us think about this, uh, so that we can repent, you know, and then bring our mind back to a right thinking about who God really is in His sovereignty.
0: I think I think when we come in contact with the sovereignty of God, He is He's the one that oversees all things um, yeah. from the beginning to end. There's nothing that happens on planet Earth. Uh, or outside of planet Earth that God hasn't, you know, put in place from the beginning of time. Right. And so when we think about Adam and Eve, um, that was not like a mistake. Like he didn't see that happening. Um, or when we think of the death of Christ, you know, you think of Peter's discourse in Acts. It, yeah. He says he was he was put to death by your hands by God's sovereign plan exactly (laughs) um so i think most of the time when people come in contact with the sovereignty of god they they say what what about free will where is free will in all this right um
1: and yes we have free will yeah but our free will is limited spiritually speaking you know we don't have freedom over our salvation we would believe god elects those Um, We're going through John with the kiddos there in the teen department. And I mean, the teen department. Yeah. (laughs) The teen department. (laughs) (laughs) The youth group, however you want to call it. But yeah, I mean, walking through John with them is epic. Uh You know, talking with them about how God is in control, that God calls and he gives to Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, and to think through that and be like, wow, all that are mine I will keep forever too. The security in that because God is sovereignly in control, when I know Christ and I am brought to repentance and my view and my opinion about God is altered by the Holy Spirit, and I have this genuine understanding of who God is that now I'm his forever, mm-hmm. you know? And I confess that, Lord, you are mine. And just to see that in John is is epic. Mm-hmm. Now, in light of free will, I mean, I chose to come here this morning. I chose Saturday to go to the church <laughs> <laughs> and miss, or what was it? Yeah, it was Saturday, I guess. Yeah, But you know, I make choices, and... And I decide if I'm going to get up in the morning and uh go to work, yeah I choose how I'm going to treat my wife yeah. and my child, um so I have free will in those things, but you know I am inclined spiritually against god yeah. so
0: yeah. yeah, and i th- I think it was spurgeon who said i don't I don't have to reconcile friends because it's both there in scripture right the free will of man and the sovereignty of god and he's right. saying i don't have to reconcile these two
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> you know yeah. like they right. they exist in tandem yeah. yes yeah <clears throat>
0: yeah so i think there's a there's a natural i i think it seems like there's a natural repulsion towards sovereignty because we want to be the sovereign ones over our lives right I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's that there's that natural tendency to be repulsed by God's sovereignty because we want to be the ones that are sovereign. Like I, I want to be the one that chose God. Like I, I was the one that came to that conclusion. Yeah. You know. Um, I think Sproul actually said that
1: everybody believes in the sovereignty of God on one page and then when they flip the page and actually start digging into what that means, it then begins to fall apart in our minds because mm. we don't want to truly release control mm. and say, you know what, I've got to manage my life this way. God doesn't have that much control.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Piper, in this in this chapter, he goes through a couple different things. He, he looks at God's sovereignty and... Um, in natural events and then he looks at uh god's sovereignty uh over human events and uh i'm just gonna read two passages uh, from god's sovereignty over natural events um because i think we want to move uh, into um the human human aspect of it uh proverbs 16:33: the lot is cast into the lap but it's every decision is from the lord um and then Christ is speaking in Matthew 10. He says, are, are not two sparrows sold for a penny, Jesus said, and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father, but even the hairs of your head are all numbered. So even in those those two passages, and he gives more. He gives more passages in, in this section. Um, but those two passages specifically are speaking of God's sovereign control over even the natural events.
1: Yeah, and that's overwhelming to think of it in light of that, that if I roll dice, every time it's going to be controlled by God. Yeah. (laughs) You know? I was playing Monopoly with my boy the other day after reading this, and every time I rolled my dice and landed on his thing and had to pay him money, I was like, God, can you change your (laughs) sovereign opinion of this? (laughs) I don't want to lose this game. But it was making me think, this dice has rolled, and God sovereignly made it a four or whatever it was. And that can be overwhelming to think that way, but it's healthy to think that way because it's glorifying God. It's lifting God up and it's taking away from us the control that we think we have to have when we're dealing with uh, God's sovereignty.
0: Yeah. And that's, it's crazy when you start getting into like the molecular things, like you start getting into atoms and you know, or expand that out into the universe. Right. Like every asteroid that is moving in the universe, right. every star that is, is dying. Right. Is not outside of God's sovereign right. plan.
1: None of those are rogue. Yeah. <laughs> Which is insane. Yeah. Everything's controlled by insane. God. Yeah. Yes. Truth.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. It gives me chills just thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh So let's get into the human events then. Um, God's sovereignty over human events. You know, a few years ago, what is it, three years now, um, we had an election. And it seems like every election cycle, it is like full-on panic, right? It's... people are afraid of who's going to be elected because if they are elected, then the world is literally going to fall apart. Um, and we got a new one coming up next year, right? Correct. Um, and so how does, how does God's sovereignty help us when we think about elections, when we think about death, when we think about other things like that?
1: Yeah. Um, so in elections, no matter what your flavor of politics is, God's in control of it. Yeah. You know, um, obviously we, I, and most Christians that I know vote for morality and vote in, in light of scripture because no human being is perfect. And so, um, we do our due diligence to, to vote rightly. Um, but, even if we lose based on our morality or whatever that we voted for, God is in control of that. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter who's in office or what I view to be moral or what I view to be the right candidate or who I view to be the right candidate. God governs that man's life and his decisions for his own glory. Mm-hmm. America is in the position that it is in right now. Because God wants us here to glorify him mm. uh, all of these hot topics, whether it's immigration or um whatever it may be there's a mm. it seems like there's a billion too many to name um right now. everything's a trigger word yeah. or something you know it's <laughs> it's unbelievable, yeah. and God is in control of all that, yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah it's it's it, it should give us peace right that's yeah. what it should do is is give us who believe in god's sovereignty it should give us peace um you know he uses he uses psalm 33 here he says the lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing he frustrates the plans of the peoples the counsel of the lord stands forever the plans of his heart to all generations you know yeah <laughs> like and then he goes he goes on to say when when nations come to do their absolute worst the murder of the son of god and we just discussed this jesus christ they had not slipped out of god's control but were doing his sweetest bidding at their worst moment right <laughs> like, yeah what yeah yeah, yeah. Man, we just
1: taught on Judas in in the youth department. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and anyway, Judas was completely on the wrong path yeah. compared to the other eleven, yeah. and where Christ was leading them, and yet God sovereignly orchestrated that to happen so that Christ would be ushered to yeah. death. How glorious is that? Yeah, and we look at judas and judge him and whatever in a way that is sometimes uh humanistic you know and uh, try to maybe afford some attributes to him sometimes i mean i've heard positive things said about judas from the pulpit sometimes uh trying to humanize his sin and it it doesn't work Mm -hmm. you know he was an evil man Mm -hmm. who sold jesus christ for death Mm -hmm. but yet God orchestrated that, yeah, so that humanity could be saved
0: yeah 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 I think about I think about church history especially in, in regards to you know um, leaders world leaders um, politicians governments um, you think about church history and and those who were grounded in God's sovereignty uh, were able to persevere um, but also love those who are in authority like uh, when you think about William Tyndale you know John John recently just um, spoke about him in a sermon you know a month back or so and this man was on the run for 13 years of his life or whatever it was from the king of England and he was trying to translate scripture into his own language. That's why he was on the run. <laughs> you know? yeah. he was, that's why he was on the run in a different country, translating scripture, shipping the Bible back to England so that his people could read the word of God. Right. And finally, the authorities caught up with him. And, uh, and as he's being killed or led, led to the slaughter, he's praying for the king of England. Lord, right. go, open up the eyes. Open up yeah. his eyes. It's like I think that's a that's a that's a good view or a good reminder of those who are grounded in the sovereignty of God is is they know that those kings and queens and leaders are put there in by God yeah. and um, because of that they can still still pray for them still have hope for right. them. Um, Yeah. And God's plan can't be thwarted. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like us, Tyndale was human. Yeah.
1: And, you know, this view of God and his control is an ever sanctifying act in our minds. Yeah. I don't think we'll ever truly grasp that, you know, and the, the desire to know that should be there. Yeah. The desire to let him have control of our life needs to be there if if it's not there you know something's up we need to we need to repent we need to really view and but have reading books like this um really stretch that thinking and allow us to get to the point where we can then begin and allow the holy spirit to sanctify our thinking Mm -hmm. because it's important i mean who is going to walk to their death and pray for the king of england Mm -hmm. unless you have a right view of god Mm -hmm. That that's just bizarre, yeah. You know, yeah, um, and epic at yeah. the same time. Yeah, it gives me chills thinking about that. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, God is God is sovereign over creation. Um, he's sovereign over every human event that takes place, including the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's He's sovereign over those those events, and and none of them go unnoticed or unplanned or um whatever so how how does piper exhort us um uh in light of of god's sovereignty he gives us he gives us seven exhortations um on page 74 and 75 and what are some of those that stood out to you um that you would you would encourage the people of sun valley to to take into consideration
1: Man, uh, number one, let us stand in awe of the sovereign authority and freedom and wisdom and power of God. Hmm. Um, I think that's appropriately number one. That's where we should try to start with our mind. How do I view God and am I in awe of him? And if I am in awe of him, then I can begin the work of letting him control my life rather than me having to have the reins constantly there trying to govern, govern the own actions and outcomes of my life. Mm. Um, and then number four, uh, really stood out. I think, uh, so let us groan over the God belittling man centeredness of our culture and much of the church. Mm. I mean, having that heart of repentance and, Um, I I think we don't groan over something unless we first see it in our own life and have an understanding of what we're seeing outside. If we're seeing it in the world, if we're seeing it in the church, we've first noticed it in our own life. And that groaning then comes from within. Mm -hmm. So we can repent of our own lack of understanding for the sovereignty and control of God Mm -hmm. and then begin to repent for our nation, Mm -hmm. for our, churches that don't do that
0: yeah 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 i think uh, i mean number three as we as we discussed in the doctrines of grace series two months ago or whatever it was um uh, just thinking about our own salvation you know like if we if we are desperately sinful as scripture points out that we are um and dead and yeah (laughs) thank you yeah (laughs) ephesians 2 you yeah. were dead in your trespasses and yeah. sins, uh, but God made but us God. alive. Yes. Him. Yeah, I mean, just thinking about that, like in God's sovereign plan, he He made a plan of redemption. He predestined those whom he would save, and yeah. he accomplished that salvation through Christ <laughs> yeah. and the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. Oh, like, Yes. Like, thinking in those terms, in, especially in light of the sovereignty of God, it's just like why me right why me yeah yeah but thank you thank you yeah 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 god's sovereignty is 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 a an amazing thing yeah amazing thing naturally i mean when i first came in contact with the sovereignty of god it's like this is it's repulsive, as we discussed earlier. It's just it's repulsive. I w- I want to be the one in control of my life, but when you actually start digging deeper, I mean, it, you see your salvation. It, you see the groaning that needs to take place for the nation, for the church, yeah. um, and it gives us hope. Like right. it gives us hope that that God can actually do things. Right, <laughs> like He can yeah. save people, and He can He can do His work, and it's not. It's not up to me. Right. Uh, it
1: drastically affects our prayer life. Yeah. Because if we can see God for who he is and how he thinks, uh, we can then pray his mind mm-hmm. rather than pray our mind mm-hmm. and try to get out of God like we're taking a deposit. You know, mm-hmm. hey, I need a new vehicle or whatever it is. You know, mm-hmm. God, hurry up and, you know, fix my marriage. Yeah. Rather than seeing that this is a sovereign act of God, that you're struggling in this to glorify him and you know how do you need to change yeah how do you need to line yourself up with god's mind Mm -hmm. and then those prayers become effective and powerful and life-changing you know and form a relationship with god that's never ending yeah you know yeah
0: yeah Yeah, thinking back to uh, a couple weeks ago when john preached on psalm 1973 like it, it, it because of our creation and his, God's regenerating work through us, like it it drastically changes how we could pray for people. Right. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So to conclude this chapter, Piper gives... Um, this section he always ends every chapter with a more about such and such uh more about christian hedonism more about the glory of god and in this section he's he's obviously talking more about the sovereignty of god um and i thought this section was was really helpful um thinking about you know uh god's god's sovereignty in our pain god's sovereignty over disability Um, there's, there's numerous things in here, God's sovereignty over Satan, over sin and its effects. Um, it, I thought this was really helpful because usually when, whenever we hear of somebody going through hard times, it's like, um, that person did something wrong or, um, you know, why is, why is this happening to me kind of thing? Yes. um, it should change our view of, of events that take place in our life. When we go through trials, when we go through suffering, when we, uh, go through loss, when we, uh, endure cancer or disability, like God's sovereignty should change that. And and how, how should that, I guess, change our, our view of things?
1: Um, well, it if we can view God as sovereign over these things, for example, the one that blows my mind that God is sovereign over my sin, mm. it's easier for me, and I don't know if this is for everybody else, but when I think of God as sovereign over my sin, I can come to a point of repentance. Mm. And more more easily, I'm not saying that's easy to repent, there's still cover up a lot of times, you know, or you want to deny that you really lied or whatever, Mm -hmm. however it is, whatever your sin is. But if God is genuinely sovereign over that, then I can approach the person that I've offended, or I can deal with that private secret sin in my life and hand that to God and say, you are sovereign over this, rescue me. Mm rescue my marriage rescue my friendships rescue my job rescue everything god uh, you are sovereign over this i've failed mm-hmm. and i know i'm out of line with your thinking mm-hmm. with the way you would do this mm-hmm. help oh man yeah. that's it's emotional for me it's
0: it's freeing for my mind yeah. you know yeah yeah, I think I mean sovereign over over Satan, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Satan Satan isn't all knowing, you know. Right. He isn't. He isn't all wise. He isn't God. Right. Y- Yahweh, the Lord. Right. Is God, and He's sovereign over Satan. And you think about that, especially in 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 light of Job, like God summoned Satan. <laughs> Right. And he was the one that gave him, you know, you can go this far and no further. Exactly. Um and I think that's I think that's really helpful for us because I think we have an un- unrealistic and unhealthy view of Satan and his authority. Right. Um, God God is in control. Yeah.
1: The uh-huh. book of Romans is great for that perspective because yeah. it puts the attention on the sinfulness of man yeah. and our struggle and our desperate need for Christ. And Satan, I think maybe at the end of that book, is brought up. Yeah. You know, But it's all about our nature yeah. and who we are. Yeah. you know. So, yeah, I think of cancer. John Piper wrote a book, I think, Using Your Cancer to Glorify God, something like that. Yeah. Uh God is sovereign over sickness, yeah. and John Piper dealt with cancer, I believe yeah, and kind of gives a perspective on that, yeah, you know his viewpoint of yeah. how God uses that yeah
0: which is which is amazing when you watch people who go through those times and like they're joyful and they're happy and they're like their their dependence is upon Christ in those times, and then I get a cold. And I'm like this is the worst thing ever. I hate everything about this, yeah, um and and like it puts things into perspective, like God is in control of even like your tiniest little cold that you go through, and like that that should change our perspective of of how we handle yeah. those situations, um yeah, I mean, if we truly truly believe in the subject, yeah, so let me put
1: a plug in there for you men out there, if you got a cold, still show up for work, <laughs> still love your wife. yeah don't ditch out god's using it to sanctify you yeah (laughs)
0: Yeah. my wife has given birth to three kids and um my colds are like far worse than her (laughs) childbirth it's it's pretty sad it's pretty sad so yeah well friends we hope that uh you've been encouraged by this book um i know that i have these chapters are are so good and really a synopsis of of piper's ministry i mean he's taking everything that he's he's uh, gathered over the years and putting it into this one little book Um, and it's it's such an encouragement um and we hope that you've been encouraged uh too and we hope that you uh take this podcast you take the sovereignty of god and you run with it today um, as you go into the workplace, as you uh, meet people who have differing views of you, that you would present Christ, um, that you would trust upon trust upon Him, um, knowing that He is in control of every situation. Uh, we love you, Church. We look forward to being with you on Sunday and next week on the Voice of Valley. Have a great day. Amen.